Welcome back to another episode of Spooky State of Mind. Spooky. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Alex. We're your co-hosts. Hosts or co-hosts? Is that right? I don't know, because we're like co mean that's why I say that. But I guess it could be hosts. So we're your hosts, but I'm your co-host and you're the co-host. But together we're hosts. Is that how it works? Host? <laughs> ho ho There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Alright. Happy 420, everybody. I mean it's not coming out on 420, but we're recording. Ah, oh, true. Yeah, this episode should be coming out on the 28th. Next week? 28th. Yes. Lovely. So there's this thing back in the day when I had like a squad that I would play with on COD. For any gaming people out there, I would play COD and I would play Search and Destroy. I had a squad that I would play with literally every single day. And one of them would always go, foo, foo, foo. And so sometimes, <laughs> like an air horn. <laughs> So every time we record an episode and like we say welcome back or we get excited, I always want to do it. Oh my god, you should! I th- I always thought it'd be weird because you don't understand where like that comes from. I feel like it'd be random for me to do it, so I had to give you the backstory. Okay, but it's not gonna so, be random anymore. Yeah, now you know, so I might do that. So in this case, I wanted to go happy four twenty. Foo foo foo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So today we are not. Getting high up in the sky with y'all, but well, at least I'm not. I'm going to be drinking. Yeah, I have a glass of wine. I have a beer. I'm not as classy as Ale. I have beer. Well, I we have a bunch of wine. Well, we had a bunch of wine because we were wine club members at a winery that was near the house. Mm-hmm. And then I was pregnant with Quinn and then I was nursing and then I was pregnant with Sam. And then I was breastfeeding, so I wasn't drinking like at all. And now I can drink so. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I also have a little bit of Coke left because I had Chick-fil-A for dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, I put tequila in it. Nice. Hey, editing Alex here. I just wanted to clarify that both Jasmine and I are over 21. And if you do decide to partake in any drinking or recreational substances, please do so legally and responsibly. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, I want to be. Oh, my God. Um, no, um, don't start with the <laughs> fucking accent. Honestly, I actually would like to be a little bit buzzed, so I'm kind of tempted to. This is kind of, I mean, what is this, like two shots or three shots? I don't know, but you're a lightweight, though. I am a lightweight. Also, I'm really full, and secondly, I have to wake up semi-early for a doctor appointment tomorrow. So, in other words, she says she wants to be buzzed, but most likely she's just going to have one or two drinks and me i'm like yeah i'd like to get buzzed but i have to get up early because you know kids so i'm gonna have one or two drinks and be like all right that's enough (laughs) pretty much but mostly because i'm really full i so i'm not really one to like to do like tiktok trends like when people come out with drinks or whatever but sometimes i'm like oh yeah i'll try it so i saw one i think it's already been passed but it's like chick-fil-a where you get like chicken nuggets and fries and mac and cheese and you mix them all up with like honey barbecue and their chick-fil-a sauce and some other thing but i you mix it's like a bowl bowl. yeah and you and i love bowls yeah so i was like i gotta try this it was really good but i was so hungry and so like i was watching how i met your mother i'm rewatching it nice and I did not realize I was getting super full and I was just like, oh my God, I ate a little too much. Literally like two bites too many. Oh, that's the worst. It's just, you're just so close. Yep. So, which was the last two bites. So that's why I wasn't even like paying attention. It was just a little bit. Over, yep. My fat ass over here just insisting on eating the damn last two bites. Wait, what part of the, how I met your mother are you on? I'm still in the begin. I'm in the part where Marshall starts working with Barney. Oh, okay, because I was like the saying the, the just a little bit when Lily's trying to get pregnant and or when Lily's ah. pregnant. Yeah, she's the doctor. She's like, "Can I have this? Can I have this?" And her doctor's like, 
Just a little just bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've watched it, so. I watched it I'm not too long ago. I'm remembering so many new things. I'm like, ah, I forgot about this. Yeah, it's a good show. Like, I forgot about steak sauce. I used to say that a lot back then when I started watching that show. I'd be uh-huh. like, oh, steak, steak sauce. sauce. That was A1, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, how was your week? Good, I think. I'm trying to think what I did, and I don't think I did anything major. What did I do? I didn't do anything. Yeah, so it was a good week if I didn't do anything. Yeah, it was good. Hey! (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Actually, last night I went to the movies, and I watched The Pope's Exorcist. There were only five people in the theater, including myself. Okay. And it's about exorcisms and demons, and obviously that scares the living crap out of me. So yes, I got very scared. It was a good movie. I liked it. Don't take my word for it. Take it with a grain. Take my movie review with a grain of salt, because I am not the best person to give out reviews. But I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was okay. good, and it scared me. And at the end, oh my god, everyone left, and I was like, the credits like just started rolling. The end credits had like just started rolling, and everyone like got out of their seats and was like leaving. And I was like, oh okay, because usually when Gary and I would go to the movies. We would always let like the first credits like be over and stuff or, you know, because we're so used to Marvel movies that we wait for all the credits. Yep. Second ending. Yeah. So like little Easter eggs. But I didn't do it this time because everyone left and I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to be the last person in this theater. And I was the last person in the theater, but I fucking ran my ass out of there. I was like, wait, did you go by yourself? I did. Gary was home with the girls. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I had alone time. I'm, I'm trying to work my way up to doing things alone, but I always forget. Like, I think to myself, I want to go have breakfast. And I remember, and it's already like 12 o'clock. I'm like, man. Yeah. I mean, it, there's never a wrong time to have breakfast, but the restaurants I want to go to close early because it's just breakfast. breakfast yeah no two weeks ago i'm i'm trying to thing where i leave the house once a week and gary does dinner gary does bedtime he does everything and i don't come home until after bedtime to give me a mental to give me a break and so last week i went to bj's and i had dinner and a drink and i was like "Ooh, look at me having dinner by myself i love that yeah wow that's so, awesome. Yeah. So how was your week? My week was good. I went to Disney on Monday. We only went for a couple hours, but we got there after the people at the parking booth were gone. So we didn't have to pay for parking. Oh, nice. I know, right? Um, but yeah, we went for a little bit. I, you know, I didn't like realize just kind of like how much jazz does. Mm-hmm. Like I know he works often and all of that, but sometimes um, I forget or I don't realize and we scheduled a Disney date because with the passes that we have, pretty soon we're going to be blocked out for about three or f- three months, almost four. So I was like, we should go take advantage of it. And so we were there and I wanted to do a whole bunch of things. I wanted to go to both parks, but I looked at him after a couple hours and I was just like, this guy has been working for seven days in a row and he's not about to get a break for I don't know how long and I felt mm-hmm. so bad and so I was just like you know what we only got like on one ride honestly mm-hmm. and then we walked around my favorite thing is Cars Land at DCA yeah I love Cars Land so we got on one ride there and then I was like you know what let's go like I'm, I'm happy that you came with me thank you for coming with me and we spent some time together but I think it's time to go I know you're tired so we left um I mean not super early it was almost 10 o'clock but the park I think the park, Disneyland was going to close at 11, so we could have been there longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we left. So Monday was nice. Uh, We went to Disneyland, and then the rest of the week, I've just been busy going to the grocery store, trying to get things for me, because the doctor recently told me that I'm slightly anemic, so I got to work on that. And yeah, other than that, that, I had a good week. Today's my Friday. I'm off tomorrow. Woohoo! Um, Yeah, I'm off tomorrow. I have a doctor's appointment. I'm going to the dermatologist to check out this huge-ass mole I've had for many, 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 many years. 
And then after that, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I kind of want to fix up a really nice dinner for Jazz and his cousin. Because his cousin, I mean, if Jazz is working, so is his cousin because he works with him. So I was kind of thinking about making them something nice for dinner that they'll like. And Ooh, yeah. steak. I don't. Yeah, I was thinking that or something. They want pupusas. I was going to be like, it's not Lent. They could have steak on. It's Friday. They can have it. You're right. You're mm. right. But to them, mm. a nice dinner is like some something really. I mean, steak, I guess, is hearty. But I guess like preferably something Mexican. Uh-huh. So. But are. Salvadorian in this <laughs> case. Yeah. They want pupusas, but I've never made them. So I'm a little bit nervous about attempting that. I don't know. We'll see. Pupusas are good, though. They are. They're delicious. But other than that, yeah, it's been a normal week. A little bit stressful at work because we have deadlines coming up. I never stay for overtime. And today, uh, I mean, it's not a lot, but compared to what I always do, I did an hour and a half over and I was like, oh my God. And then I was the last one at the office. Yeah. So it, it makes it feel like, okay, I really have to go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Nice. I think we've had pretty mm-hmm. easy weeks then. Like since mm-hmm. last time we recorded, it's it's nice when you you know when things just kind of simmer down for a little bit. Yeah, this weekend I I don't think I'm doing anything. Maybe I've been kind of getting back into watching movies. I used to love watching movies all the time, and then I haven't for a while. So I want to um, watch that movie on um, Netflix. It has oh, I don't even know his name like off the top of my head but it's called like the snowman or something like that snowman yeah it's like a horror thriller it was one of those movies that like pops up and like is like recommended and who does it is it michael fassbender is it him that's in it i don't know i haven't even heard of it the snowman yeah it's michael fassbender it's a 2017 Ooh, mystery crime hmm mm-hmm by the way, Jazz and his cousin requested for us to do a couple of true crime episodes. Ooh, yeah, we can do that. Apparently, they like true crime. I love true crime. It scares the shit out of me because it's real. True. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, honestly, like that's why exorcisms and things like demonic possession scare me because I, at my core, think they're true. Because it is just, I mean, I think everything's true. But, you know, growing up Catholic mexican it's just terrifying okay my computer i'm trying to look at pictures on google images and it's literally frosty the snowman (laughs) (laughs) type in the snowman movie oh oh it's it's a movie i know why because it switched it to watch the snowman also i think i don't know where this came from but i think i'm allergic or at least like sensitive to alcohol because every time i have just like one drink now I get rosy in my cheeks and I get congested. Like, I don't know if you can hear, but like. Yeah, that's pretty common. I'm just like, what is this? I never got this way before. Is it because I'm getting old? It could be. Our bodies are always changing. Dude, what is this? You know, a movie that I saw recently that I really, really liked. It's like a horror thriller, like suspense. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know how popular it was when it came out, but I hadn't heard of it. Black Phone? The Black Phone or something like that? Oh, it's not Netflix? Um, I don't think so. I think it's on HBO or Prime. Prime. I'm looking it up and I was like, I, I saw this recently. Not the movie, but the like the trailer cover picture thing. Yeah, I recommend it. Honestly, okay. I liked it so much. I watched it two days in a row. Oh, shit. Yeah, so pretty much the movie is about... Uh, this man who kidnaps boys in particular, young boys in the community. And nobody ever sees him. Nobody knows who it is. All they know is is a man who's driving a van and he has black balloons. And that is all. So the main character, he ends up being kidnapped and there's a black phone in the room that he's being kept in. And the phone doesn't work, but it always rings and he's able to talk to other boys through the phone. Oh, jeez. Oh, which remind me, like you said, like young boys being kidnapped. Have you seen I See You? Mm-hmm. It's I See You like Yo Te Veo, not I See You like Intensive Care Unit. It's like Yo Te Veo, I, I See You. My cousin was telling me about it. Yeah. She watched it. And I was like, 
I see you, like I see you or like an acronym. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, sure, I'll watch it. And I watched it and I really liked it. It was a little. I did too. It was a little slow at first for me. Yes. I will say that. So I, I did have to get over that hump. But then mm-hmm. after that, I was like, this is so good. I like this. I enjoyed it a lot too. Mm-hmm. Good movie. This one is on Netflix. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And I saw it, like, people were posting it on TikTok, too, so I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, that's a good movie. I will say, I don't want to give any spoilers, but something like that happening absolutely terrifies me, too. It's just... It's the f- it's the fact that it... So... That it happens. Kind of a spoiler. Um, it has multiple twists. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, it's, you can't even expect it. So and one I, of the, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, one of the twists, it's just like, oh, it's so scary because it can happen to literally anyone. Anybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you want to get into this episode? Yes. And I think it is your turn to go first. It is. So this week we're doing one of my favorite topics. I enjoy watching scary movies, reading scary stories, listening to people's experiences, which reminds me right now I'm like I have my computer on my dresser and so my TV's behind it and I'm totally freaked that I don't see that I hope I don't see a reflection through my TV of somebody in my bedroom next to me because oh my I'm God. alone tonight. I'm upstairs by myself. I like I'm terrified. And I just came across a TikTok video of a lady saying, look at this. There's nobody next to me. There's nobody in this room. And she flips the camera to the TV and through the TV, somebody's sitting next to her. Oof. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So. Oof. No, 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 Anyways, no. I didn't say the topic. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going <laughs> to tell some scary stories. Partic- well, we call them no sleep because that's the subreddit, but there's multiple different ones that you can find a scary story in scary stories to tell in the dark oh i used to love those i know i think this is the second time we've talked about it on the podcast yeah i think so all right before i start my story i want to give a trigger warning this does uh describe a little bit of domestic abuse so if you are not you know if you're if you get triggered by that feel free to skip ahead to Alice's story I'll put timestamps in the... Or you can skip ahead in my story, like, past that paragraph. So this story is called, My Brother is the One to Blame. Posted by Dark Rocks. I used to look up to my older brother. Matt was smart, handsome, athletic, and the kindest person you'll ever meet. Everyone wanted to be him, and all the girls wanted to be with him. Matt truly had it all. That was until he met her, his girlfriend, Samantha. They started dating in their senior year of high school, the two most popular kids at school who were meant to be. He was in love with her and he spent every waking moment attending to her every need. His love soon turned into a sick obsession. Matt and Samantha set out for a university a few cities away. My family and I hadn't heard from him in months, but we assumed he was simply preoccupied with college. It was nearing the end of spring when the whole world flipped upside down. I'll never forget coming home from school and seeing my parents seated at the kitchen table. My mother was crying her eyes out while my father sat there blankly staring at my mother's phone. Mom, what's going on? I asked reluctantly. My mother tried to compose herself but ended up crying even harder. My father cleared his throat and with a wavering voice he said, Your brother... He paused for a moment to think over his next few words. Something happened to your brother. My heart sank when the words left his mouth. I thought that Matt had died, but after hearing what happened, I wished that he did. Samantha's friends had noticed that she hadn't been to her classes and had gone to check on her. She shared a small apartment with Matt near campus, and when they arrived, they could hear sobbing from inside. There was no response after knocking several times and calling out Matt and Samantha's names. Their concerns grew by the second, so after a few more failed attempts, they eventually called the police. When the cops arrived, they were able to force the door open and inside the once happy lover's home was a scene from a horror movie. Pictures of the couple were strewn across the floor. 
Furniture was toppled and crying could be heard from the bedroom. The officers on the scene found my brother covered in blood, hunched over Samantha's corpse, and her abdomen had countless stab wounds. He was quickly arrested and the police conducted a very thorough investigation of what happened. Inside Samantha's phone and laptop were a collection of evidence of Matt's abuse towards her. There were pictures of bruises and cuts on her body along with detailed descriptions along with timestamps of what he did to her. She talked about how he would get jealous of her talking to other men and how angry he would get when she would try to have a moment away from him. She went on to say that he had repeatedly threatened to kill her if she even considered leaving him. The worst part was the video. A hidden camera in their bedroom captured a horrifying assault scene. Throughout the interrogation, Matt was almost catatonic, refusing to answer any of the police questions. My parents pleaded with him to explain his actions, but he remained deafeningly silent. The love for my brother turned into scorn. One by one, the people around him expressed their hate for him, calling him a murderer and wishing for him to be put down. My family tried to support him despite what the public thought of us, but it was a heavy weight that was slowly crushing us. My parents became the people that gave birth to a monster and I was the little brother to a demon. I used to look up to my brother, but I wished every single day that he would just disappear. The investigation eventually came to an end and they gathered all of the evidence. They were ready for the trial. My parents went to great lengths to find the best lawyer for my brother's case. After a tense week, it was determined that Matt, well, he was innocent. They ruled out suicide, but how could someone do that to themselves? Despite all of the evidence, my brother was able to flee freely. The fuck? I couldn't believe it. I had prayed so desperately for Matt to be arrested, to be held accountable for his actions. As I watched Samantha's parents cry in front of me, tears welled up in my eyes. Matt just stood there staring as Samantha's father cursed him to go to hell. After that, we simply went home and Matt had since locked himself in his room. He stopped attending school and refused to leave the house. A few years had passed since then, and I was preparing to start college while Matt continued his exile in his bedroom. After all this time, I would barely see him even though we lived under the same roof and his room was across the hall from mine. My parents still felt the need to take care of him so they would always leave food outside his door. Every now and then, they would ask me to go check in on him, but there would be no response. There was just silence beyond that door. I thought that he died, but late at night, I would hear him leave his room to use the restroom and clean up a bit. I felt disappointment each time I heard his footsteps go through the house. One night, I caught a glimpse of him. I only saw his silhouette in the dark hallway. He seemed to have gotten a lot skinnier since the last time I saw him. I recall hearing a low whisper coming from him. I was surprised because it had been so long since I heard him speak that I had forgotten how he sounded. I should have said something to him at the time, but he ran back into his room. The creaking of the wooden door, followed by the click of the lock, seemed to reverberate throughout the house. Even if it was only for a fraction of a second, seeing my brother reminded me of Samantha and made me sick to my stomach. A couple of days after that encounter, my parents sat me down on the couch to tell me they were going to leave for a few days. Of course, that wasn't an issue until they asked me to make sure that Matt was being taken care of. Oh hell no. Just make sure he eats. Just make sure he eats and you know, just check in on him, my mother pleaded. I agreed, but I was nervous thinking about being home alone with that man. It was Friday when my parents left. They were going to be gone until Monday. It was just a few days of being home alone with Matt. That night, I ordered some pizza and quickly devoured a couple of slices before setting a few on a plate to bring to Matt. On my way, I noticed that his bedroom door was cracked open. I slowly took a few steps closer. It was pitch black inside of his room. I strained my eyes to try and peek through the darkness when a pale, gaunt face emerged. I jumped and the paper plate I had in my hand fell to the floor. I looked down to see the mess I had made and looked back to see that Matt's door was closed. Fuck, man, I cursed under my breath as I set the food back on the paper plate. 
I left and came back with a new plate of food and placed it on the side of his door. I knocked on Matt's door and called out, Hey, I brought you some food. Just eat when you want, I guess. I expected to hear silence, but I could hear whispering coming from inside of his room. I decided to leave him alone and went straight to my room. I spent the rest of the night lying in bed listening to music until I fell asleep. That night, I dreamt of Matt's white mask-like face staring at me from the end of my bed. But was it really a dream? Was it? The next day went by like normal. I got some errands done, talked with some friends, and played some video games. It wasn't until that night that I noticed that the plate of food I had set aside for Matt last night was left untouched outside his door. I called out to him, Matt, you should eat! I stood there for a moment, but there was no response. Then I knocked on his door, and when my fist made contact with the wooden panel, it slowly pushed it open. I could hear crying from somewhere inside his bedroom's darkness. As I called out, Matt? I felt a wave of dread wash over me. I pressed my hand against the cold wall until I found the light switch. Before I could turn on the light, I felt a hand grab my wrist. Matt's face was barely illuminated by the light from behind me as he stared at me with a terrified expression on his face. I was close enough to see the outline of his cheekbones beneath his pale skin. His hair was a tangled mess that flowed down the side of his head and his eyes were bloodshot. His face twisted from fear to pain as he let out an agonizing wail. I'm sorry! He screamed and I looked in horror as a set of pale hands grabbed his shoulders to pull him backwards into the dark. My heart sank into my stomach and I quickly retreated to slam the door shut. I couldn't comprehend what I had just seen. I thought to myself that it was probably my eyes playing tricks on me. I snapped out of my thoughts when I heard Matt whispering inside his room. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As much as I hated my brother, something inside of me was telling me to help him. Matt continued to whisper and each apology was grating in my ears. Something felt horribly wrong. So I took a deep breath and opened the door. I remembered where the light switch was and I reached out and flipped it. The light turned on and immediately started to flicker. Within the strobing light, I could see Matt curled into a ball on the floor with something hovering over him. It was a woman, or rather something shaped like a woman. It was so skinny that I could make out each bone underneath its light gray skin. It was completely nude and I saw that its stomach was ripped open to reveal its exposed insides. The woman looked up and stared at me with large white eyes. It had a smile that showed its sharp teeth. It opened its mouth and a large forked tongue writhed out of its mouth. M-m-mine! Mine! A high-pitched, distorted voice croaked out of its throat. Its small hands grabbed Matt and lifted him to his feet. I began to shake in fear as it took its tongue and licked up and down his neck. Mine! Mine! It wailed again. Get out of here! Matt screamed, breaking me out of my stupor. I looked at him and I was reminded of the brother that I once loved. That somewhere deep inside, I still loved. The lights continued to flicker around us and I could hear something thud onto the floor. The woman's intestines were slithering on the ground, slowly wrapping itself around Matt's legs and crawling up his body. She took her arms and pulled him into an embrace. She didn't care about me. All she wanted was my brother. I didn't know what to do. I rushed forward without a thought in my mind as I clutched her rotten intestine and pulled at it to set Matt free. His body began to lift up and in an instant came slamming on The intestine retracted back into the woman's body as she quickly stepped to me. I tried to take a step back, but her hand grabbed a fistful of hair on the back of my head. She pulled my face to hers and I finally realized that this thing, this monster, She opened her mouth and I was hit with a decaying stench as she shouted, 
MINE! She opened her mouth wider and wider. Her sharp teeth seemed to go on endlessly as she opened her mouth around my head. Slowly, she began to bite down, the ends of her fangs slowly piercing my skin. My skull felt the pressure of her teeth effortlessly sinking into it. Stop it! Just take me, Matt whispered at our feet. My gaze went down to see him grabbing her ankle. Just end it, please, he said. She removed her mouth from my head and bent down to look at Matt. She let out a terrible squeal of delight as she began to sink her hands into his chest. Blood began to spray out of his open torso and he screamed. His screams were so horrible as she slowly, carefully removed his beating heart. She stood up and stared at the throbbing organ in her hands, her eyes upturned into glee. She took a free hand and stabbed it into her chest. The sound of her ribs snapping filled my ears. I watched as it took Matt's heart and forcefully thrust it into the open hole in her chest. Samantha began to let out a discordant moan as the hole in her chest closed. Her abdomen began to seal with new flesh and her gray skin began to regain color. Her body twisted and morphed back into the visage of the Samantha I had seen when she was alive. She looked at me and back down at Matt. She smiled. Even though the face was different, I recognized the monster I saw before. All mine, she said in a cutesy voice. And as I blinked, she was gone. Samantha was gone, and the mess of blood that filled the room had disappeared. The lights stopped flickering, and it was only me and Matt's corpse in the room. I fell to my knees beside my dead brother, and I just cried. That was when I noticed a stack of papers underneath my brother's bed, and I pulled them out. The papers were details of what had actually happened between Matt and Samantha. The whole story was twisted and it revealed that Matt wasn't the obsessive one. It was Samantha. She was the one that threatened him if he would leave and he was the one that felt powerless to her demands. That video of the assault was a complete fabrication. She forced him to do those things to her while she threatened to hurt the people around him. Her stab wounds were self-inflicted after he finally told her that he was leaving her. Matt felt trapped by her, in life and in her death. My brother kept the truth to himself despite all of the hate because he still truly loved her, her real self. The true monster would have shattered her family, so my brother took the blame. Samantha took everything from my brother and even after she died, she continued to take from him. I regret everything, just like everyone else around him, I jumped to conclusions. I wish I would have taken the time to reach out to him, but now he's gone. I'm left with an empty inside of me that's created from the things I'll never get to say to him again. My brother took the blame for everything, and he did it out of love. The end. Do you think it was love, or do you think it was, like, Stockholm Syndrome? But I mean, like, not really Stockholm Syndrome, because he wasn't kidnapped. But he, like, kind of was kidnapped. Fuck Samantha. Yeah, fuck Samantha. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's my story. I like it. It's getting hot in my room. Dude, I know it's hot in here too. Is that you? Nice. Yeah. Twas me. See, I thought there was going to be, like, I thought the twist was going to be that there was someone controlling Matt or that he was possessed. I, did I didn't too. think it was going to be Samantha. Neither did I. Just comes to show that you never truly know. You never truly know someone. Doors. Mm-hmm. The only, oh, yeah, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. All right. Similar to how your story had a Samantha, mine is also has a lady in it. And my story is called Rhiannon. All right. What is it called? Rhiannon. Rhiannon? Yeah. And trigger warning, there is some torture, a little bit of gore and violence in this one. All righty. You might not see it, but I'm fanning myself with my underwear. <laughs> I opened my drawer and I picked up what I thought was like a tank top and it's my underwear. It's clean, but I, it's hot in here. Oh my God, this beer is giving me the BGs. 
Oh, ha. <laughs> I thought you said the BJs, and I was just like so confused. I was like, uh. <laughs> the BGs. The bubble guts. Bubble the bubble guts. The bubbly guts. Bubble guts. Bubble, bubble, bubble guts. guts. Bubble guts. Remember bubble, how the song was bubble butt? I found you, <laughs> Miss New Bubbles. All right. Yeah. Okay, so back to the story. Yeah, We're so guys. my story is called Rhiannon. Ugh, my head is killing me, I thought as I woke up. I knew I hadn't had had much to drink. I had a two drink limit when I was on a date so I could still trust my judgment. Lord knows I was already a bad judge of character. Wait, where am I? Hello? I called out as I looked around. That was part of the story. That wasn't me. I know. I know. I thought it was you. I realized right away and I was like, fuck, I'm already laughing. I'm sorry. That was really good. Thank you. Hello? I called out as I looked around. The lights were off, but I could tell I was in a workshop of some sort. I could make out the meticulously organized red and black tools lining an entire wall. My heart was racing. I had no idea where I was or how I got there. I tried sitting up, but my wrists were strapped down. I started hyperventilating as it all came rushing back. There was a drink waiting for me when I got back from the restroom. She drugged me. That bitch! I yelled as I tried breaking free from the restraints, but it was no use. I couldn't think clearly. My mind was racing. How am I supposed to get out of here? I felt my eyes start swelling and tears began to fill. Out of all the bad dates I've been on and my last terrible relationship, nothing ever ended like this. Is this how it ends? Am I going to die? What's going on? Oh my god, is she a serial killer? She was so nice. Why did I drink the beer? Oh my god, it didn't taste funny. How did no one notice her drugging me? How could I be this stupid? Oh my god, I'm gonna die here. I don't know what was racing faster, my mind or my heart. All the thoughts running through my head, it hurt so bad. I could hear the blood pulsing deep in my head. I could feel the hot blood fill every crevice of my body, carrying panic and sorrow with it. I never thought I'd be in this position. No one would care if I was dead because I sure as shit wasn't going to survive. This is it for me. That's all I could think as tears continued to flow and my chin quivered. There was a creak of a door behind me, and suddenly my eyes hurt. Someone had turned on the lights. The sound of the fluorescent bulbs turning on filled my ears. Footsteps began descending and getting closer, but I couldn't even see who it was. My eyes were finally starting to adjust to the fluorescent lighting. It felt like I was in a hospital. The footsteps stopped and I saw her standing right next to me. A huge smile covered her face and I couldn't believe it. She seemed so normal. Her hair was a beautiful dark brown with bouncy curls to her collarbone. Her collarbone prominent in the dark green velvet shift dress. Her skin was even more fair against the dark emerald and the black lace kimono. She looked completely out of place in that workshop. Despite everything, I still thought she was beautiful. How could someone so beautiful do this? What's her endgame? Her eyes were a beautiful hazel and they looked so kind. Not the crazy eyes I expected once I realized what was happening. Somewhere deep down I had hoped it wasn't her. That someone randomly picked me up on the way home. I really thought we had the potential to be something serious. Wow, you've been out for a while, she exclaimed as she continued staring at me with that god-awful grin. She was beautiful, but I could tell there was nothing but malice behind her grin. How could someone so beautiful with such kind eyes do this? There has to be another reason. Please, what's going on? I was able to muster. She looked perplexed and asked, Really? She leaned in and got right up to my ear. 
I could feel the warmth of her breath as she stood there for a while. I looked straight ahead, waiting for her to say something. Anything. She began kissing my neck, and I couldn't do anything about it. Her lips. Oh, God. Her lips that previously felt electrifying felt cold and uninviting now. She licked my neck up to my ear and whispered, You're gonna die, silly. I began whimpering, and the bright lights above me began to blur as my eyes filled with tears. She was right. I was going to die. I was strapped down and still groggy from whatever she had drugged me with. Her house was out in the country with no neighbors for miles in either direction. From what she had told me, there was a wooded area and a pond on her property. She could get rid of me without anyone knowing, or the prospect of even stumbling across a decaying corpse. She stood up and said, Right, well, there's no use in prolonging this any further. You've been out like a light for nearly 24 hours. Normally I'd like to have a little fun beforehand, but you were asleep for too long and I've been waiting. She turned around and walked to her workbench, where she wheeled a small table next to me. I could hardly tell what was on it exactly, but I saw the red and black and knew there were more tools. She smiled and looked around. She was missing something. She leaned down, kissed my cheek, and whispered, You stay right there. I'm gonna go set the mood. She smiled and walked off, no longer in my line of sight. I heard her pouring a drink and shuffling through some things. She took a drink and I heard her call out. What do you feel like listening to? Records. She was shuffling through records. I stretched my arms as much as I could and I managed to touch the table she rolled to my side. It looked like something doctors would use in a surgery. So I could, in theory, roll it and have it above my body. All I needed to do was stretch my fingers just a little more to be able to get any sort of grip. The shuffling continued. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to do something. Yes! I was able to roll the table next to me. CCR, Eagles, Floyd, what do you feel like? She called out as my fingers searched for whatever I could reach on the table. My fingers felt the blade of a knife and I inched it towards me until I felt the handle. I grasped it and somehow managed to slip it between the table and my body. I had to figure out a way to get my hand through the restraint. Then I would be able to get free. I was sure of it. Damn! If I could only get my thumb through. I tried breaking it like I had seen in some movies. But what they don't tell you is how hard it actually is to break it. This one. She whispered and walked back into my line of sight. She put the record on. I need to get out of here. The music started and it was Fleetwood Mac's Monday morning. Monday morning. I had never wished to see another Monday morning as badly as I wanted to see this one. She began dancing to the music, the fringe flowing as she swayed. She wasn't paying attention to me, so I kept trying to break my thumb for the entire song to no avail. Warm waves began, then she slowed down. She closed her eyes as she danced sensually by herself, the entire time a glass of red wine in her hand, the liquid sloshing around. I could tell she was in her own world, so I took the knife from under me and I tried to cut through the restraints, but quickly realized my hand could not bend that way. That was it. I knew I was going to die, and there was nothing I could do. I slipped the knife back underneath me. The blue letter started, and her eyes lit up. Oh my god. She began dancing jovially while looking at me. She walked over to the table and began analyzing her tools. Oh god, she was going to notice it was missing. Watching her dance to that awful music and seeing her dressed like Stevie Nicks only confirmed my suspicions. She had to be a witch. I didn't know how I hadn't seen it before. Maybe I was blinded by some terrible spell. I knew I had terrible tastes and partners, but a witch? How could I be so blind? From that point on, I knew it was all or nothing. I had to escape and she had to die. Only someone so evil as a witch would be capable of holding someone captive and killing them. Rhiannon started. 
and she danced closer to me. She leaned down and whispered, And who will be her lover? And then kissed my cheek. She was Rhiannon. She was the darkness. She was everything wrong with the world. She picked up a tool that I could only assume was a saw of some sort and leaned in and whispered, If I promised you heaven, would you promise not to kill me? I spat in her face. How could such a vile woman promise such a thing? I knew you'd kill me, even with the promise of heaven. I figured I'd jump the gun and kill you first. I've been watching you for some time. I know you've been on some crazy witch hunt. It's time you pay. It's not a crazy witch hunt, I said. I'm purifying the world of your evil and impurities. See, that's where you and I differ, she said. You kill that which you don't understand. I kill in the name of all those who burned before me. She picked up another knife from the table and walked to my feet. How am I going to get out of this? She cut my pants from my ankle to my hips. And then I could feel the cold pointed steel at the top of my feet. She cut it and dragged the knife up my shin, up to my knee in one long, painful drag. I yelled the most guttural scream I had ever heard as the warm blood ran down the sides of my calves. She ran back to the head of the table and yelled in my face, Scream for me, you little bitch! She spat. There was nothing but evil behind her eyes now. She walked back to the foot of the table and proceeded to repeat the same cut on my other leg. I tried to keep myself from screaming, but the pain was too much. She laughed as I whimpered in pain. Two more cuts on each thigh from the top of my knees to my hips. One on either side of my knee. I screamed with the first two cuts and after that, it started going numb. She wasn't happy about that. It doesn't hurt anymore? Let's try this. She said as she set down the knife and picked up a hammer. She went to my feet. Oh God, she was going to break my feet. But as she raised the hammer, she stopped herself and walked a little higher. She raised the hammer and swung. I screamed an entirely different scream than before. I then knew what true agony was. A burning sensation filled my entire being. She lifted and swung again, both my knees completely shattered at this point. She leaned in to admire her work, and I grabbed the knife and tried to cut her anywhere I could reach. It barely grazed her, but it drew blood. I knew I wasn't going to make it. Hell, I couldn't even run. But I had to try everything to give her hell. She was taken aback, but still took the knife from my hand. She yelled and plunged it into my hand and said, Here you go, since you want it so bad. I no longer yelled. It didn't hurt anymore. My body was in complete shock. She cut my shirt, and I once again felt the cold, sharp steel against my body, this time at the top of my pubic bone. I didn't feel pain, only pressure. The pressure continued slowly until she reached the base of my sternum, and then she quickly dragged it through to my shoulder. She did the same to the other side, and I felt the hot tears rolling towards my temples. She sneered and said, Let's go for a walk. She was cruel. She took what I could presume, only to be the brakes off the table and began wheeling me through the workshop. Everything was so clean and organized. A complete 180 from her. How can she be this crazy? I've never met one so manic. I thought as we came to a stop. She opened doors that led outside. The sound of the cicadas loud and the night air warm and damp. It was a bumpy road. No, not a road. A trail, maybe? I had no idea where she was taking me or what her endgame was. She could have killed me long ago, but she didn't. Stupid, satanic, sadistic witch! I thought. I wasn't going to engage. I wasn't going to give her what she wanted. 
The stars were so bright, but that was the only light. The rest of the night was dark. We kept going for what felt like an eternity, and the feeling was returning to my body. I let out a groan with every bump, but I wanted to scream. Pain. The pain was unbearable, but I was so tired. All I wanted to do was sleep, but I couldn't let her win. The darkness grew as we entered the woods, the stars no longer visible. Everything kept getting darker and quieter, the cicada slowing down. I tried so hard, but all I wanted to do was sleep. I had to give in. We came to an abrupt stop and she whispered in my ear, Not yet, my little chickadee. We're almost done. There was a break in the canopy and I could see the stars through the darkness. The cicadas grew louder and the damp air felt like a warm blanket. It seemed like a nice way to go until I smelled it. Gasoline. And then I felt it. A burn deep inside me as I yelled, all the pain coming back. I wanted to writhe, but the restraints held me down. She cackled as I continued yelling and crying, the two indistinguishable. Damn it! I didn't want to give her this. She began yelling and looked me in the eyes and said, Burn. Burn for all your sins. Let the fire cleanse you from inside. You who has wrongly condemned many, it is now your turn to pay. Evil filled her eyes and she slowly brought up her hands, something in one of them. That's when I saw it. A singular match. She lit it and it illuminated her face. The same vile grin slapped across her face. She threw it at me and I watched the darkness get bright. The flames casting dancing shadows on the trees. Then, just as quickly as the flames lit up the entire forest, the pain darkened everything around me. The cicadas were no longer singing, the stars no longer bright, the damp air no longer wet. Everything slowly closed in until I couldn't see anything. Then I didn't feel anything. All the pain was finally gone. Everything was gone. The end. So he was like a witch hunter? Yeah. I didn't know whose side to be on for a long time. So what'd you think? I'm on her side. Wait, whose side? They're both girls. I thought it was a dude. No. Wow. I I think I'm on the witch's side. How did you like the story? I liked it. I wrote it. You wrote it? I wrote it. You wrote it? I wrote it. You got me with the breaking the knees part. I was like, ooh. Ooh. I know that's what would hurt me the most. Okay, maybe not the most. I think the burning would hurt me, but yeah, I wrote it. That's how Good I know they're job. both girls. Ah, well, that's what I got for just assuming because they were on a date, right? Uh huh. It plays no relevance to the story that they're both it, girls. It doesn't. But wow, mm-hmm. dude, I'm like ripping out all my eyelashes. You need to stop. It's cause me duele. Mm-hmm. Like, you know when your lash line hurts? Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe my, like, my lash line is getting, like, clogged or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, can you even, can you see that right there? I can't. No. It's, like, bald. Like, on the outer corner? Right, where my finger yeah. is. You see that baldness? Yeah, I've I been ripping them out all day. You gotta stop, girl. It's because it hurts, so I, like, keep pulling them and pulling them, but, yeah, I don't know what the hell's. I have nothing yeah. left to pull. Stop. What's You're going to pull on? out the tres pelitos you have. I know. What the hell's going on? I'll ask the dermatologist tomorrow. Your eyelashes are going to look like my head. Bald. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, for those of you who, uh, obviously, like, who don't know me and can't see me, I shaved my head, so it's all gone. Mm-hmm. It's like a buzz cut. Yeah. 
I missed it. I'd been I thinking like about doing. Thank you. I'd been thinking about doing it for a while again. Oh my god, it looks so cute if you color it. I was thinking about that, but I don't want to because I don't want to keep up with it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's just with with two kids, it's hard. I bet. Yeah, maybe like once they're older, but like right now, it's that's not a priority, which really sucks because I love having fun hair, like fun yeah. colored hair. But yeah, but yeah, that was my story. It was kind of a. When two evil people meet. I'm still on the witch's side. I think because we know that witches are not necessarily evil. It's kind of like there's good and evil anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Witches just know what they're capable of. And she, I, like, I specifically wrote this one with like two, when like two evils meet. Mm-hmm. But her evil, or like the witch's evil, is trying to bring some sort of vengeance to everyone, to like every other like witch or innocent person who died. Yep. Like unjustly. Yep. Versus like the witch it. hunter who's like killing them because they're different. Yep. Kind of like a vigilante. She's like a witch vigilante. Maybe she took it a little step too far. Maybe not. I don't know. I like it. How'd you like my story? I liked your story. We both had evil ladies. Mm-hmm. I first got the idea for this story, not necessarily like this exact story, but um, the story of like some psychotic, like manic, crazy person jamming out to like Fleetwood Mac in a workshop, like a completely white workshop, like with like bright lights, just kind of dancing while someone's like being strapped down and then like cutting their like the victim's like body pieces off. That's what went in my head. When it was just so random, I was on a date with Gare. I was pregnant with Quinn, so that was a while ago. I was like three months pregnant with her, like three, four months, and we went to Seasons Fifty Two on a date, like on a date night, and they played Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. And as soon as that song came on, and I love Fleetwood Mac, like I fucking love Fleetwood Mac. They're one of my favorite bands. You could, yeah. There's a mosquito in here. Oh, and so I I know the song and. I've listened to it like hundreds of times, but I don't know why this one time when it pops up, that's the image that pops into my head. And I have been wanting to write this story for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity to just like sit down and and write it. And yeah, I just kind of went a different direction than I thought I was going to. But yeah. How did you like the voices? I liked it. I liked her preppy voice. I think I might post this on our Reddit. Yeah, try it. Yeah, I'll post it on ours. I'll do that right now. No, I'll do it later. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if you get any feedback. Well, if you're ready for that. No, I'm going to cry any, like, the first, like, bad review or bad, like, any, like, even any constructive criticism, I'll cry. I'm not a writer by any means. It's okay. It's your first time, so... Over time, you could get better. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to talk about some more? Um, I don't think so. I think we're good. Oh, Try to keep it right. short and sweet this time around. Yeah, but it's okay. Tomorrow's ep- or next episode is going to be longer. Yes, it's going to be a long one. But no, I think we're going to do every two weeks just because that gives us time to edit because we don't have an editor. It'd be awesome if we could because then we could probably do once a week. But I don't know if we know anyone who edits mm-hmm. and we're not made of money to pay yeah. any sort of money. Yeah, not yeah. yet. At least one day. Yeah, one day. But right now we're uh, we're broke as a joke. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, it's Ale doing all the hard work. I record and there's that and she does everything else. So. You guys can thank her for our funny, wonderful episodes. I enjoy it, though. Good. It gives me something to do that's not part of, like, parenthood. I wouldn't even know what to do. I would be overthinking it and never post anything. You just kind of have to do, do it once and get over it. And then after that, it's like, okay. And then you slowly get the hang of it. But do I have the hang of it? No, I'm just winging it. That's okay. You're doing a great <laughs> job. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, if you have any stories that you want to let us know or any feedback, constructive or not, but preferably something nice to say. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, Um, I'll cry. (laughs) Yep. 
Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram, spooky state of at spooky state of mind, or send us an email at spooky state of mind at gmail.com. Yeah, and I think that's it. Yeah. Alrighty. Until next time, I hope you have you all have a wonderful week. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.